Hey, this is August. I just wanted to let you know that the audio for this episode got a little messed up, which, if things don't sound quite right, that's why. Anyway, thank you and enjoy. Warning. This show may be unsuitable for young fillies, colts, and foals due to strong language prevalent in literally every episode, and some mild sexual innuendo. We will also touch on themes of racial relations, political climate, and other sensitive subjects, but we will let you know when those things come up. Pony, welcome to Equestria Gaze, a My Little Pony rewatch podcast. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Equestria Gaze. I'm Anya, my pronouns are they, them, and you can find me on Twitter at aka Anya. I'm joined by my partner in life, love, and peppermint hot cocoa, August. Hi, I'm August. I continue to wave uselessly at my microphone. I use they, them pronouns, and you can find me on Twitter at Harpydora. And today we have a special guest with us, Lindsay. Yay. Hi, I'm Lindsay. You can find me on Twitter and Curious Cat at PF underscore Diva. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Yeah. You were an anonymous giraffe for me, so we're excited to have this anonymous giraffe joining us today. I got an anonymous yep. frog. Oh, that would be me. <laughs> um, so each week, we'll saddle in to rewatch an episode of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, to break apart what exactly the show is trying to say. The good, the bad, and emphasis on the downright problematic this week. We figured it's 2020 and everything is happening so much, so why not watch some cartoons? Personally, I'd not seen My Little Pony until this year, um, and so this was just kind of a fun adventure for me. Um, yeah, make your puns, August. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I got into Friendship is Magic when it first came out. I witnessed the genesis of the Brony fandom and eventually fell off the cart around season four, which is to say this ain't my first rodeo. And Lindsay, if uh, you have, I know that you haven't really watched Friendship is Magic, but if you have any history with horses or My Little Pony, uh, feel free to talk about it here. Uh, yeah, I actually don't have uh, any real history with uh, My Little Pony or Friendship is Magic. Obviously, like, I've seen the characters on, like, Tumblr, and I've heard all the fuss about the bronies or whatever. But um, I was not a horse kid. I was a mermaid kid. So that's 
that's my story fair <laughs> nice absolutely fair <laughs> also i just realized we didn't give you a chance to plug your stuff so before we get started if you want to plug the things that you're involved with hint hint <laughs> go ahead and do that yeah i totally forgot that because i am a competent human being uh i am on hope's hearth which is a sci-fi uh solar punky sort of thing we play um gm list tabletop games to explore the world of uh hope's promise which is uh basically a planet made by a bunch of refugees it's great uh you can find us on twitter at um heck probably hope's hearth pod or something like that we have a discord <laughs> Um, I'm not going to find the Twitter, so, uh, but that's fair. Just search Hope's Hearth. Yeah. Yeah. That exactly. There's a doggo on the icon. You can find it. It's, it's <laughs> a purple doggo. It's, it's very purple. It's very dog. It's very good. All right. Now it is time. This week we'll be discussing season one, episode nine, Bridal Gossip. Twilight, Sparkle, and Spike head into town, but find the whole place deserted. While wondering where everyone is, Pinkie Pie tells them to hide before quote-unquote she can get them. They find the other ponies huddled inside, afraid of a zebra named Sakura. Apple Bloom is the only exception, and she ventures out to try to talk to Sakura. When the others notice she's gone, they follow her into the Everfree Forest, where Sakura gives them a warning about some blue plants they've stumbled into. The girls believe Zakora has cursed them with her warning, so they take Apple Bloom home. The next day, each of the ponies is afflicted with something like a curse. Twilight's horn is floppy, Rarity's hair is wild, Rainbow Dash can't fly right, Pinky's tongue is swollen, Fluttershy's voice is deep, and Applejack is tiny. Everyone except Twilight is convinced that Zakora cursed them. Apple Bloom decides to go find her again. When the main six notice she's gone, they follow her. They find Zakora's hut, criticize her, quote, strange decor, and accuse her of cursing them. Sakura explains that the warning she gave them was about the blue plants that have caused their afflictions, but she knows how to fix it. She just needs an ingredient from one of the shops that is always closed when she goes to Ponyville. Everyone goes back into town where Twilight vouches for Sakura, and the episode ends with the ponies cured of their various afflictions with a soothing bath. All right. So, let's get right into it folks uh as we say at the top of the show we'll give you a a note when we're about to get into he heavy stuff just assume this whole episode's gonna be heavy stuff yep. yeah content warning this entire episode is going to be discussing the kind of horrific racism of bridal gossip so yeah. if that's not your thing we'll see you in the next one <laughs> yep so uh the first part of the show Lindsay is where we talk about the message to Phillies, Colts, and Foles, which is, you know, what's the lesson that the show wants kids to take away from this, in your opinion? So, Anya, will you do us the first honors? Uh, yeah, sure. I was mad about this episode, so my takeaway is just don't be a racist piece of trash. Yeah. Um, I tried to be a little kinder, even though, honestly, I don't feel like this episode really deserves it, but... Uh, my message is you should learn about who a person is for yourself before making judgments about their character, especially if uh, there are baseless rumors about them. 
And I was brought in to bring the Black perspective to this episode. And after watching it, I was also pissed off. So uh, my note is, Black people can be useful to you if you take the time to talk to them about the problems you've caused yourself. (laughs) Yeah. It's so true, though. Yeah. So the next portion of our show is... uh, the bridled meaning, which is where we talk about kind of like the things left unsaid and the subtext. And so I actually, like I said we would in uh, the previous episode, uh, color-coded our notes. So there's not going to be any more of me and or Anya, and in this case, or Lindsay, uh, trying to figure out who wrote what. So... (laughs) (laughs) did it... We well, did it. I did it. I did nothing except play Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> you did plenty. So, uh first off, uh Spike has lived with ponies his whole life. Why is he asking about pony holidays? Like are there other holidays that other creatures have that we just don't see? Like I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, yeah, I was watching it and my first thought was, why is there a dragon? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, long story short, he's basically Twilight Sparkle's apprentice, but uh, he uh, was essentially hatched uh-huh. by Twilight, and she has been responsible for like his education and stuff basically since he was a baby. So... Like, he's literally been living with ponies his entire existence at this point. Not only that, but in the super fancy capital, which is supposed to be, like, cosmopolitan and stuff. So he should know about holidays. But, I mean, it's probably just, like, another case of the showrunners just, like, kind of doing something for the sake of making something readable to the younger audience who might not pick up on like the nuance of the situation Mm -hmm. but like i just feel like it's a little bit of a misstep to say pony holidays when he could have just said is there a ponyville holiday because it's like ponyville is a comparatively backwater place compared to where they come from in canterlot so it's a nitpick but Mm -hmm. all of our listeners listeners know we nitpick around these parts whoops I don't feel like my next one is that much of a nitpick, but no. (laughs) So what I wrote was someone's projecting Applejack in referring to Applejack's like trying to convince Apple Bloom that she's afraid of Zakora when like, like there's an interesting conversation to be had here about like the age at which someone can become racist because Apple Bloom is not yet old enough to have the internalized fears that the rest of the village has. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't really touch on, like, systemic racism or anything like that, but it's definitely one of those things where I do believe this point was the creators trying to show that bigotry is learned. And, yeah, Apple Bloom just hasn't learned that bigotry yet. I just thought it was uh, one of those things where... Uh, like Applejack just wasn't listening to her little sister and like I do remember uh, there was a conversation had before about how the main ponies we see are actually adults 
as compared to uh, Apple Bloom, who is smaller and thus ostensibly a child. So I was just thinking it was one of those. Yeah. yeah. There's also definitely many times where we see Apple Bloom like not being listened to because oddly enough, a show for children is sort of treating the child like like you aren't able to yet have input on this. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely another good takeaway from that, too. But yeah, I think Apple Bloom is kind of like effectively in elementary school, maybe middle school. Yeah, my understanding is she's like 10 years old if she were a human, pretty much. Yeah. And I'm still haunted by the fucking Apple Bloom body pillows I've seen. It's gross and awful, yeah. and I hate it, and I need brain bleach. But anyway. Like, if you want a body pi pillow of an adult horse cartoon character, fine. Whatever. They're an adult. If you want a body pillow of a child, a character that is canonically a child, you're messed up. Righty then. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, more flashbacks to the fandom. Um, so this entire, like, lead-up is just, like, so is this to say there's only one Black person in Ponyville? Because Zakora is 100 billion percent a black coded character specifically from some nebulous exotic quasi fantastical african nation that's completely like unresearched and is just a smattering of like really bad stereotypes that a bunch of people just like threw together in a blender and slapped on a zebra oh yeah absolutely because like the jewelry like I've seen real women who wear jewelry like that. People who I have, not like celebrities, like people who I have known in person who wear the jewelry like that. But like the entire setup of her home, like I have seen, you know, sometimes you get the African mask, whatever, it's cool. But like the setup of her home, that's like, I don't know, they apparently decided that she is both African-American and African, which is like, a completely different thing and i'm not gonna like go into it because y'all don't need me to do that right now but <laughs> yeah so i did have like i actually had i put you guys can't see this but this is a whole paragraph that i put in here because like out of everything the one black person in the neighborhood actually kind of tracks because uh, if you're a Black person who gets out of, you know, the so-called hood, uh, you tend to want to move somewhere that is nicer. Because generally, neighborhoods that are predominantly Black aren't very nice. So you move somewhere that is nicer, and then you look around and realize that most, if not all, of your neighbors are white, because uh, places where you want to live and want to be tend to have very few Black people. And it's, it's one of those weird things because, you know, once places become a place where lots of Black people move in, somehow, mysteriously, they stop being nice. Mm. That's gentrification. Jazz hands. Yep. It's definitely interesting with how it plays into the show, too, because she, like, doesn't live in town. She has to live out in the forest. Yep. 
And it's it's just so frustrating because I think it's another case of like, you know how with The Simpsons, you know, everybody's skin is yellow. And for a long time, they tried to be like, oh, yeah, everybody's skin is yellow. There's no such thing as white people or brown people or black people. And then Apu came on the scene. And it's just like, you know, not only is he horrifically racist, but he's also like, you know, has a different skin color. And so like that just completely flew out the window. And it's like you have all of these colorful characters with multiple different coat colors like nobody's. There are a couple of people who are like kind of flesh color related because you've got some ponies who are very light brown. Yeah, but mostly they're like purple and yeah, orange. Though you don't have, I cannot think of a single like really named pony who has a darker coat. But you know, there's there's the illusion that a a little girl who's not white could see herself in one of these ponies, and this episode just completely throws that in the garbage can. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. It really sucks. Yeah. Uh, speaking of having to live in the Everfree Forest, we <laughs> all had uh, some things to say about the way that the Everfree Forest is characterized in this episode, uh, starting with Anya, because you had the longest note here. Yeah, I just kind of threw out that, like, the involvement of ponies in Ponyville, like, it's sort of like a, a city versus the forest, like the forest takes care of itself. But here in Ponyville, the ponies have to, like, do the weather and, like, literally schedule storm. So is that actually necessary? Because the Everfree Forest is responsible for maintaining itself. Yeah. And, like, the fact that nature doing its own thing is something that the ponies consider unnatural is kind of a lot. And, like, it, it's it's really upsetting in a lot of ways because of just, like, what that kind of communicates to the audience about, like, human intervention in the world around you, you know? hmm And uh, I actually uh, commented on that, because, like, in this episode, we can very clearly see that not only are the ponies uh, meant to, uh, like, sort of be thought of as people, but now we have Zakora is very obviously black-coated, so it immediately becomes obvious that the rest of these ponies are meant to be white-coated, and these are meant to be white experiences. And, like, in, you know, the way that colonization works, nature isn't worth anything unless you can use it to make money, uh, at least in our society. Probably not so much in Ponyville, like, don't actually know but um like for creators coming from that perspective it makes sense that the ponies would go oh it does its thing by itself that's unnatural mm-hmm. yeah we don't really see money but there's definitely like they have a reason for their society so like it's entirely like easy to assume that they are they're doing like their whole setup for a reason because they're not like horses living in pastures so yeah they're definitely like taking from nature yeah there's commerce we see them like doing a lot of stuff with nature um 
so you're i think you're spot on Lindsay, about like the the kind of like underlying whether it was intentionally there or not that is definitely an underlying message Mm -hmm. um and the next point that uh i noted is just like there's this kind of like not stereotype like this is actually something that black people that i know have experienced where like you know they get accused of being criminals and being shoplifters uh when they're inside a store and like the fact that uh zakora can't go into any of the stores because people are afraid of her like completely baselessly is just like another nail in the coffin coffin as far as like her blackness is concerned and like the creators clearly know that black people are treated so poorly and yet they still chose to write this fucking episode (laughs) (laughs) like uh they like they can clearly make the connection from point a to point b of she's lurking around the stores because all of them are closed because everybody is scared of her and yet somehow the disconnect Mm -hmm. so and uh a comment i made because i didn't realize this i was just like why is she digging holes why is this a thing it turns out this is a zebra behavior uh august you should tell people about this Yeah. Um, when I saw this note in the document, I decided to do some Googling because, you know, as we know, I like to Google random animal facts, not just horse facts on this show, even though this didn't have to do with capsaicin. Uh, and this is a zebra behavior. Zebras will frequently just dig holes, usually when they're looking for water. So if she's just trying to if, like entertain herself while she waits for the stores to open, basically. Right. Yeah, basically. Maybe she's thirsty while she's quote unquote waiting in line or something like. But yeah, that's just a thing zebras do. And uh, I'm gonna jump into the next point because yeah. I'm just yeah. Mm, I'm mad. I am so mad. I didn't recognize that she was rhyming at first, like when they first introduced her. Mm-hmm. But like when they have like a full conversation with her, like. I started to listen to that and I'm like, what is, what is the point of this? This is silly. And then I think it was Applejack. Somebody was like, cause somebody who talks normal, say something about, uh, f- explain what's going on. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's why you did it. So that you didn't have to use African American vernacular English, uh, but you could still have somebody say, uh, this person is not talking right. And I need somebody to translate because that's bull they just and i just yeah and they're so committed to this gag it's every episode we see her in she's only rhyming and it's it never gets better (laughs) i hate her rhyming i hate it so much and there are so many ways that they could have done this without necessarily like exoticizing her because you know there's there's a lot a huge element of like she's from far away and shit like that and it could have been a matter of like creating new words for for her dialogue you know something to indicate that you know yeah she's not necessarily from this culture and still might cause like a misunderstanding but like 
the the rhyming is it's mind-blowingly bad like this is it's not okay what the fuck and it's not even just that it's like constant rhyming the rhymes themselves are bad and contrived and uh-huh it's just yeah they stretch sometimes oh my god it's just like really this is this this is the level of writing okay you you, you do you yeah. <laughs> so. when she's also the she's so far the only pony that does like any sort of specific like voice or dialect anything mm-hmm. like her rhyming no other pony has a weird like verbal gimmick like that yeah there's like one pony that has like a pseudo french accent at one point that's a little unintelligible but it's very clearly like they the subtitles on that one treat that pony who's just like a bit part so much better than the subtitles treat zakora which we'll get to a little later in this but yeah like zakora is so clearly othered by this and it's gross yeah yep and like so one thing that i do think is kind of positive is at the very least at the beginning twilight trying to talk about how like curses aren't a thing and zakora wouldn't be cursing people i do think that is good i wish they'd stuck to their guns and not had twilight later in the episode be like zakora cursed us mm-hmm. but also just from I can understand understand why they did it from a from the perspective of the horrific message of the show, but in universe, that's really fucking rich considering that they combat evil magic on the regular, so you know. Yeah. And Twilight does spells. <laughs> yeah, magic is a thing. Twilight, you talk to God. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I did not realize this watching it. So, like, reading the notes afterwards and seeing these comments about, like, you, God is your mentor and you do magic. I'm like, really, Twilight? This is, this is the hill you're gonna die on? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, skipping down to that, when she was, like, talking about the book and how that book, it, the answer wouldn't be in there because supernatural stuff isn't real. Like, she literally does magic. She can teleport. Yeah. Oh my god. And yeah. So mean to him. Why? Oh, I uh like the first the first season and a half to two seasons dealing with Spike is just it's it's not good. Um it gets better, but like early on it's just like oof. This is borderline child abuse. Yeah. Wait, is he still a child in that episode? His age is nebulous, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, like, age with dragons is really weird. He is frequently called a baby dragon, but, like, he tends to read in, like, the 12 to 13 range to me, Um, especially with the way that, like, he crushes on rarity. uh, And, like, it reads as, like, a little brother having a crush on big sister's best friend kind of thing. Mm. kind of reminds me of like dipper from gravity falls having a crush on wendy Mm -hmm. but yeah it's he's he's still considered a juvenile dragon at this point 
Mm-hmm. On a lighter note, babe, I think you had something to say. I hate Twilight's floppy horn. It's, it's speckled and it's flaccid and it's floppy and it makes me sad and hurt inside. <laughs> and and you know what? Ugh. Because I am 12 years old, they make a pill for that, you know? God. It's, they knew what they were doing with that flaccid floppy horn. They, they had to have. They had to have. Um, so because I still always like to talk about the stub titles because normalize captions, you cowards, uh, the subtitles for when Pinky's tongue is swollen and she's talking are <laughs> really, really good. Like, if you feel like you have to watch this episode, turn the subtitles on, only watch the parts where afflicted Pinky is talking. That's the only really entertaining part that you even need yeah i was uh i didn't have the captions turned on so what were they saying oh it's just like they they directly transliterated what pinky was saying (laughs) instead of like actually you know showing like the words that she was meaning to say so it was just very funny Uh, yeah and instead of being like like unintelligible babble or whatever they spelled out the sounds she was making (laughs) yeah oh that's good it's great the captions for this show like watching this show with captions on is great because you get so many good descriptors yeah they'll frequently caption sound effects Mm -hmm. which in a show like this where you get some really goofy shit going on like the captioned sound effects are really good like, we had a sad, a sad trombone noise in another episode coming up. Um, <laughs> it's just very good. Like, like I said, normalize captions, normalize doing good captions. Like, it's worthwhile to, to try to do good captions. Yeah. Uh, because it can make the show even more enjoyable, even to people who aren't hard of hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Also, uh, talking about cursed uh, ponies, Fluttershy being self-conscious about her voice is a trans mood i've known a couple of different trans girls who identified with that but i mean you know just in general not liking how your voice is sounding is very much a trans mood mm-hmm. yeah i can definitely see why like trans women especially latch on to fluttershy like i hadn't noticed it before mm. like this whole thing but august pointed out like a lot of trans women will tend to latch on to fluttershy as like the quiet subdued like don't want too much attention and this episode just further like yeah yeah also whoever they got to do the voice acting for like cursed fluttershy is great yeah the 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 voice is so good I don't understand why she's not proud of her very deep, very nice voice. But I feel that way about a lot of trans women, too. So Mm. normalize ladies with really deep voices. okay? and let them sing good jazz tunes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or or anything they want. Like, just read a dictionary at me. I will I will enjoy it. (laughs) Mm. Exactly. That is one thing for this. Uh, you did at least get to see an episode with music. This this 
series does at least have some good songs. Mm-hmm. We're coming up on winter wrap up, which I'm so excited about and get stuck in my head frequently. <laughs> yeah. Like this show isn't quite as good as Steven Universe when it comes to like making a whole bunch of bops, but it's still pretty good. Anyway, uh, so I wrote in all caps for my next point, Rainbow Dash, you have hooves, you can walk. <laughs> um, because what the fuck? And Lindsay, you also wrote something here uh, that I will respond to. Yeah. Uh, once you did get done. Yeah, because I'm just like, is her refusing to walk just like a thing? Because... I don't even really like any of these ponies at this point in the episode, but I was just frustrated (laughs) on behalf of Twilight Sparkle because Rainbow Dash is, like, numing around her house, like, leaving imprints of her whole body in everything. (laughs) Look, this happens, like, at least once every three episodes that Twilight's house gets wrecked. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, um... No, so Rainbow Dash's uh, special talent is that she flies good. Uh, specifically, she flies good and she flies fast. So um, I don't know if we ever routinely see her, like, walking on the ground. I think most of the time, like, at least 90% of the time, if she's moving, she is using her wings to at least just hover above the ground. Well, there. There was one year where I only used chopsticks to eat all of my food, and <laughs> now, seven years later, I'm still very good with chopsticks. So Yeah. So, but uh, that's that's why, like, the in-canon reason, but at the same time, it's like we yelled at Fluttershy in our notes for her being upset about trying to jump a small crevice in a rock. When it's like, she has wings, she can fly. So it's only fair that we do the reverse to Rainbow Dash here. Yeah. And also we've had discussions before about how Rainbow Dash is kind of coded as autistic. And so like her flying could also be a symptom of that. Like walking isn't an option. She flies. Yeah. Like, well, not a symptom because autism isn't a disease. Right. Like a manifestation. Yeah. like. That's just, she, she doesn't actually realize that she has another option. Yeah. Like, no, I fly. That's my special thing. Like, or it could also just be one of those things where it's sensory hell to be walking. That's That's true. That's what I thought Anya was saying is like, the alternative is so unpleasant that it might as well not be an option. Yeah. No, you're right. I misunderstood. But yeah, you're you're right. Yeah. Like. She literally has a medal for flying. That's her thing. Yep. Or I guess her medal is for honesty. Or no, her medal for loyalty. Yeah. But her special, like, her butt stamp is for flying. Yeah. Um, They have different things. They have crowns for certain things, and then they have butt stamps for other things. And those things aren't always the same thing. Yeah. Alrighty then. Yeah. Um... And kind of going into that with Applejack being so tiny and people like picking on her for it. My main thought is how this episode has fodder for so many goddamn kinks. And it's like, is that I a don't, thing? Uh, I... Macro micro? Yeah. 
Oh, I knew it was a uh-huh. thing, but my brain did not make that connection from your notes to that particular thing. Okay. Yeah, I that s- was that was the specific one I was thinking of. I'm learning things. It's oh my god. It's there's oh my god. Like was this intentional? Did the showrunners intentionally do this? Like had they caught wind of the Brony fandom and thought, "Ah, not yes." Yet. There's no way they had learned about the Brony fandom in, like, episode nine no. of the first season. The only other options were that they did this completely unintentionally and had no fucking clue, or they had a furry on staff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Who was getting it in under the radar. Oh. And I'm not sure which I hate more. <laughs> I kind of love the idea of, like, a secret furry just like, ha ha um so the fun times have ended because uh everybody going to find zakora's hut the way that every pony shits on the pseudo african decor is so uncomfortable and just so short-sighted and the narrative never fucking calls them on how xenophobic they're being because like this isn't just racism here this is like okay so the way that the show portrays the decor is definitely racist but the way that the ponies are reacting is incredibly xenophobic because this is a different culture that Mm -hmm. they're shitting on and like it's it's so bad and so gross. Like, why do they, why did the showrunners feel the need to show every single one of the characters that we're supposed to be rooting for talking so poorly about somebody else's culture that they just don't understand? Like, how is this supposed to make me think that these are the heroes here? Definitely. Like, you don't just also walk into someone's house and be like wow your house is creepy as shit like that's not cool and like i'm sure all of the items in there have sentimental value right and i had another paragraph because i'm full of (laughs) at all points in time and uh i was just like so mad about it because like They've already given her all of this story, which, as I said, I have seen on real, actual people that I have known, and it looks good, uh, (laughs) which is why they wear it. So, fuck whoever made this decision in particular. And, like, Zakura has this lovely voice. It's like this nice, deep, Tracy Chapman sort of voice. And Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, she's got the voice, she's got this jewelry, uh, and then they've got, like, all of this, like, pseudo-African decor going on, and it's like, nobody blinks about, you know, fucking Psalms stickers on somebody's wall, or Confederate flags, whatever, but if somebody has a cool African Master 3, all of a sudden, it's spooky. Okay sure can yeah yeah like i want to see zakora go into like rarity's house with her fucking like eat laugh love sign just be like what the fuck is this shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) that would be good and like (laughs) 
I I do want to to say that like we're saying pseudo African because I have zero percent confidence that anybody in the show actually did research on real cultural stuff to put in Zakora's house. No, because like those sorts of masks in Africa, they're like uh usually uh some sort of like ritual thing. They're special occasion things, like you know, Indian headdresses. In American mm-hmm. culture, especially black American culture, like yes, it's a cool thing to put on your wall. But like also you see that in somebody's house and you're like, you know, this is a black person who is comfortable with the fact that they are black and maybe wants a connection to whatever heritage they might have. Because it's not like any of us know that, you know, we're Nigerian or from the Congo or whatever. So Mm -hmm. this is what we got. Yeah, that's fair. And like. Yeah, I super would assume that she has because she gets upset when they come in, like start wrecking her shit. Like these are all sentimental things to her. It's not just like she went to Hobby Lobby and bought a thing to put on her wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it's like one of those things where the showrunners kind of understand what they're saying and then completely miss the fucking point. Like they understand that it's upsetting for for the main six to be shitting on the things that Zakora decorates her home with and they understand that that's bad but they just they stop there they don't actually look at what they're saying and realize that they're in the wrong I think that's the big issue with a lot of these episodes that try to go into like topics that are beyond friendship and more into like racism and stuff like that and like like establishing your identity within a culture like i can't tell if they're trying to say like there's a moral to be learned in here about like how you treat people around you just because they're different than you and like that but they're not following up on whatever moral they're trying to say Mm -hmm. like they they throw it out there but they don't want to make a stance Cause then all the white boys would get mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> and it just doesn't get any better because with the subtitles being on, uh, instead of like saying anything particularly useful, like we have the really funny subtitles for Pinkie Pie, but when Zakora starts speaking, speaking in her native language, it just says speaking in native language. Like, it doesn't even like try to say speaking uh, a particular pony language or anything. It doesn't even identify the language in any meaningful way. Like, you know, at the very least, when it says speaking Spanish, it's like, okay, at least we acknowledge where the words are coming from, you know? But this is just, it's bullshit. It just continues the bullshit treatment of Zakora and the way she talks. Yeah. And. Additionally, like, that's not a language. She is not speaking words. And I know she's not speaking words because I speak two languages other than uh, English. And I have a passing familiarity with a lot more. I've heard a lot of languages that are not English being spoken in general formats by people who are actually saying words. That is not her saying words. 
that is her making some spooky fucking sounds that they think sound something not even like vaguely african but vaguely hoodoo so yeah yeah like they couldn't have hired someone to speak like actual words for what did she say like two or three lines yeah like fuck it's not hard to get a book on swahili right like if you're gonna commit to the african bit you know swahili is admittedly not like the best example of african languages but it is one of the more recognizable to people in like the u.s and canada and like hell they could have done like a fucking creole french with a real weird accent Ooh, that would have that would have just been a really good way to communicate that zakora was from a different culture without like shitting on her is you know creole french instead of the native language would have been and with zakora's voice that would have been beautiful oh my goodness it would have sounded so Ugh. good it would have I hate the way that Zakora gets treated because she has all the makings of somebody really fucking cool. Right? And, uh... I, I want to love her, but I know that loving her would mean that, like, I'm accepting all of the horrible shit that the show does around her, and I don't want to do that. I just want to take her and take her away from here. Death of the author, baby. Yeah. Um, so I think you had the next point, uh, surrounding the actual book that we were shit or that Twilight was shitting on earlier. Yeah, 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 I did. Because so in the course of her, like talking about this book, like they focus on the book, uh, before Zakora closes it. And like in it, there is a picture of like if you look right you might could think that maybe that's a pony but like that doesn't look like a pony that looks like uh one of those like caricatures of black people with like the thick lips and like the locks and it's just like what is this and like they close the book and when she reopens it, it's back to, you know, the page that actually has information on it. And it's like, why wasn't it already on that page? That was the information that Zakora needed anyway. And it's just, hate it. Hate it so much. Yeah. I didn't notice that when we watched. So, like, that's a good catch. And, uh, yeah, that's that's awful. That fucking sucks. Yeah, I also missed that. So, good catch. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, I think I think the three of us all took different things away from like the the kind of resolution here cuz we all three wrote things about the exact same thing, but we all took different things away from it. So, I was still trying to be the optimistic one, I guess, when we were writing the notes about this because uh, my note was that it's at least good that Twilight has to learn that knowledge from other cultures is valuable and that she has a blind spot about it. Um, because, I mean, that is something that I personally have had to learn not to be shitty about other people's cultures because, you know, not even because they have value to me, but just because they have intrinsic value. So 
you know, it's nice to see that kind of lesson being taught to other people who desperately need to know that kind of thing, not to grow up to be shitty people. But that was my pull from that scene. Yeah, mine was just like <laughs> giving Twilight some credit for not looking in the book. That is an incredibly misleading title and not at all what the book is about, which also probably says something about the way in which this culture is being represented. Because that would be like looking for a book on Africa in your library and the book you actually wanted is called like A Land That's Not Here. Mm -hmm. Like, ah, of course, I should have checked that one. <laughs> yeah. And like, it was a very misleading title. But like, also, like, I didn't know that Spike was her apprentice. I just see, you know, this dragon like, in her space, looking through her books. And I'm like, if she's telling him to look for this information, doesn't this mean this is, uh, he is someone she trusts to be able to find the information? And, like, mm -hmm. he said, hey, here's a solution. And, like, I mean, even if you're looking at the book and you're going, that is 100% the wrong book, but maybe there's something smart in 100% the wrong book because it happens sometimes but she like mm. didn't even look before she just decided uh nope that is wrong 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 we're not going to consider it mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's and i'm sorry go ahead babe no it's fine it's just it's unfortunate for so many various reasons like poor spike deserves some credit yeah and then when he's given credit in later episodes, he completely fucks it up. So Spike is a very interesting character, for sure. Yeah, like, early on, I'm so conflicted about early Spike. Like, later I on... I him for a while. Yeah, later on, he gets a lot better, and the show treats him a lot better. But right now, it's just one big grimacing emoji. And what's an even bigger grimacing emoji? Jesus Christ, the lesson in the letter to Celestia is so fucking tone deaf. Like, did did Twilight Sparkle even watch the show that she was just in? <laughs> no, but Pinkie Pie probably did. She breaks the fourth wall. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. My big takeaway from this is like, uh, you're talking... Why, why are you making this comparison between Zakora and the book that you disregarded even when someone you trusted told you, hey, this is fine? Like, I I just don't like that. And, like, I, I don't, like, have the words to me right now to be able to, like, put my finger on why that is bothersome to me but I'm sure I'll think of it in like three weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> you can comment on the episode and be like, here's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You tell us what it is when you think about it and we'll, we'll pop it into the next episode we record. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate it. But, uh, but yeah. So, yeah. So we did it. We did. This brings us to the last portion of, well, the next to the last portion of the show, which is our main event, which are things that, like, stuck out to us as, like, being really effective or really bad or 
you know, just something that we wanted to highlight from the show. So, Anya. Yeah, I kind of wanted to try and pull something positive from this. So, expanding the world to include ponies from other lands is something I'd like to see more of in the future. And maybe if they could get it right next time, that'd be cool. Um, But, like, the existence of Zakura implies an existence of, like, other cultures of ponies too which interests me yeah it would be interesting if i didn't have zero faith that they could pull it off but i decided to kind of bury my head in the sand and just choose something light and fluffy for my main event because the deep uh deep voiced fluttershy uh singing pinkie pie's song is just I find it to be absolutely delightful (laughs) and probably other than Pinky's subtitles, that's probably the highlight of this show. Just watch this part and Pinky's uh, subtitles and that's it. (laughs) And uh, my, my main event uh, was just like, am I allowed to just be mad? Cause I'm mad. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, I've mentioned a couple times already that, like, I've seen Zakora's jewelry on real, actual people I have met and known. I am not the sort of person who wears that because I'm too lazy for jewelry, let's just be honest. (laughs) But I saw this and I'm like, I am so angry and hurt for all of the kids who looked, who watched this episode and saw their moms and their older cousins and maybe you know the teens who saw themselves in it and just were suddenly ashamed because like oh this is what i look like to everybody and it's just infuriating yeah to like go to school the next day after all your friends have watched that episode right yeah you're absolutely allowed to be mad mad about that yes it ain't a good look by which I mean what the show's doing. Like, yeah, that jewelry on real people is beautiful. <laughs> and we need to let you uh, come back in for an episode that's happier because we're like, there are good episodes and there are like, they're a delight. So we should definitely have you come back in for one that's not all a downer. Yeah. I would appreciate that. Uh, if you want to, if... If if this has turned you off of ponies, like, we completely understand, because it's not great. Nah, it's cool. Uh, I like you two as people, and uh, this is interesting to do, so, yeah, I'd be up for okay. it. We learn a lot about horses on this show. <laughs> we do. Like, weirdly, weirdly, uh, they get a lot of horse stuff correct. Some stuff less so but mm-hmm. some stuff like with zakora pawing at the ground like zebras just do that yeah. and that's pretty cool yeah. <laughs> all right babe take us out yeah so we you know this by now we end each week with a horse fact and it's a random piece of horse trivia that we found online and it may or may not be true we're assuming it's true because the internet would never lie This week's horse fact is that horses are related to donkeys and zebras, as well as rhinos and tapirs. If you have any fun horse facts you want us to include on the show, send them to us on Twitter at EquestriaGaze, and we'll give you a shout out. Uh, 
And Lindsay, do you want to do our parting line? (laughs) Uh, Until next time, stay cool, everypony. And remember, Black Lives Matter, trans rights are human rights, and wear your fucking mask. got through this awful episode we, we did. did let's do one more clap Uh-oh. um okay well, i accidentally hit stop i didn't mean to it's okay i can clap uh, for the craig i'll explain the anyway transition to Lindsay when they get back <laughs> anyway anyway trim trim you have ruined <laughs> me i blame christine that's fair. Don't give Trim Trim any credit. A little bit bitney. <gasps> rude. He's a rude lad today. Oh, after this, I need... So part of the reason why I started a spreadsheet with my itch.io wish list is because I have a whole bunch of tabs of games that I keep meaning to go back and buy. Don't um, buy anything until after the I'm holiday. not. I'm not. What I'm doing is I'm putting those games into the into the wish list spreadsheet and then closing the tabs so I can clean up some of my tabs. Oh. I'm a dingus. I'm sorry I'm this way. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us on your podcast platform of choice. Tell your friends about us or tweet about us using the Equestria Gaze hashtag. We're also a member of Standing Stones Productions, a nonprofit podcasting guild. Some of our other shows include Follow the Leader and The Room Where It Happened, two TTRPG actual play shows, and The Escaphile Files, a podcast where two of our friends read and talk about the Animorph series. You can find out more about all of our projects at Stones underscore Standing on Twitter. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Anyway, your support means a lot. Thanks again for listening.